1: Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So, for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com.
2: Oh, shoot me in the face. We've done another one. the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric, Maureen Younger and the dashing, kind, charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith. Ladies, it's lovely that we're all back. (laughs) And um, there's no point in lying about it. Before we started recording, we were basically talking about our favourite boozy drinks, so we might as well continue. Let's not pretend that's not what... And I'm intrigued... Alison, you were talking about a drink that you just tried. What is it? Well,
0: yeah, porn star martini. They don't have them in Canada. I've never had one before. I was like, "What is this luxurious form of diabetes in a class? I want to drink it. Mind blowing. I don't
3: know what it is. What is it? You've never
0: had a porn star martini, Maureen. <laughs> I mean, Maureen, have you never? I mean, <laughs> neither have I. What are they? She likes sugary drinks, so I think you would like this. It's basically Pessoa, which is a passion fruit liqueur really sweet there's also vanilla vodka in it and some sort of nectar anyway angostura bitters no no that wouldn't go at all i don't know (laughs) you threw it i was like wow she knows her
2: booze i really i threw that in there i was like oh brissa know what she's talking about and anyone who mixes drinks was like what are you talking about why would you put angostura bitters um i love a cocktail the cocktails i enjoy are not the cocktails that moran enjoys Maureen, let's talk about your favourite drinks. What are your favourite? Let's talk about a, a few of your favourite things.
3: Well, obviously, there's the classic Malibu and pineapple juice. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Arches and pineapple juice. Southern Comfort and pineapple juice. Oh, I'm seeing a theme. <laughs> Rum and pineapple juice. Okay. Um, yeah.
2: <laughs> and Baileys. Yeah. Maureen will put pineapple juice in it, but it does curdle. She doesn't mind. Um <laughs> I do like the sweet drinks. Yeah, I mean, Maureen genuinely doesn't drink very much, but even she, if you give her like a white Russian, a pina colada. Something sweet, something sweet. Mm-hmm. a Bailey's. You're seeing yeah. a theme here with Maureen's drinks. Maureen, what was the drink that we had in Berlin? And I said, I'm not asking for that. We were at this really trendy bar in Berlin. Something Comfort and Pineapple Juice. No. No? No, it, it was like some sort of peach schnapps with something.
3: Oh, Arches. Arches, Arches and Pineapple. And pineapple I was like, oh, what are you, 11? <laughs> Do you remember we went to Edinburgh and you treated us to really expensive drinks? We were in Harvey Nicks. Oh, Knicks. yeah,
2: we went to Harvey Nicks. And I thought Harvey Nicks, it just feels expensive. I don't know. So we went we went in. I ordered an espresso martini because that's the kind of uh, classy leisure you're looking at. <laughs> Maureen uh, could just see her ordering a pina colada. So before she got there, I said, we're going to have a daiquiri because I know you like something a bit sweet and daiquiris are sweet. <laughs> So we ordered two drinks, and it came to something like thirty-eight pounds or something. And I just sort of went, as I do sometimes. where I'm like, oh, this seems a little <laughs> bit steep, but uh, it's probably what people are paying these days because I don't, I never go anywhere, I never do anything. And Warren was like, "Are you mental?" And she was like, "Excuse me, how much are the
3: drinks?" And he was like, "Oh, they're like a tenner each." She went, "Well, why is
2: it thirty-eight pounds for the tenner?" <laughs>
3: I don't think it was quite that tone. And on the way up, I managed to piss off Jen, because I went, oh, I've got some really hot gossip. You mustn't tell anyone. I've been told I mustn't tell anybody this. And it turned out that Jen was the one who told me in the first place. (laughs) (laughs) And I said to Maureen, do you
2: remember when I prefixed that information by saying, don't tell anyone? Now you're telling me. I said, I
3: can't trust you. And she went, to be fair, who else was I going to (laughs) tell? I thought technically I haven't told anyone else, because you were the one who told me. (laughs)
2: Yeah, well, I don't want to split hairs here, Maureen, because you are correct, but still. I mean, the principle <laughs> remains.
3: I don't know if I've mentioned this in the podcast, was when I went to that really expensive bar with the naked magicians, and I complained about them being lettuce. Again, you've done the whole thing where you've started with
0: the punchline, Maureen. At the punchline, I was thinking <laughs> that. I'm I'm noticing this now with her stories.
3: I love it. Leanne can cut that bit out. <laughs> I'm going to insist that Leanne doesn't. I'm going to insist that she does. <laughs> i tell you what,
2: if if there's going to be a head-to-head, I'm backing down immediately. <laughs> From the beginning,
3: Maureen, you were at a very posh hotel in London. A posh hotel, and we were at the cocktail bar, and it was like the last night of supporting the Naked Magicians. I asked for a pina colada, which didn't go down well, because weirdly, it wasn't on their list. Anyway, they bought my drink, brought this pina colada, and um, I had some green things in it, and I went, why is there lettuce in my cocktail? And the man just looked at me and went, it's mint, madam. <laughs> So, yeah, so I do like a drink, but I don't like leaves in it.
0: Well, you're not a big fan of green in general, we've learned.
2: No, no. I just think that's probably what's missing in your diet more and it's a bit of roughage. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just chewing a Weetabix every now and again just to make sure that, <laughs> that your number twos go out smooth. Right, anyway, uh... do edit that bit out though, please. <laughs> it's fine it's it's better that I'm hearing myself twice than anyone else, frankly. So, um... (laughs) Anyway, how's your week been?
0: Alison, talk to me. Oh, I've had a good week. I feel like... Oh, I painted my house this week. That's what I did. I painted everyone.
2: Oh, my god. Amazing. Never
0: thought I could do it. I never thought I'd be able to do it. I was like, I'll just hire someone to paint. But then I was like, I got a lot of time and not so much moolah. Guess who's painting? And, uh... I did a great job, guys. I was really impressed. Danny's parents came over, taught me how to do it, painted. Alison, I know that if you painted something, you would be
2: one of those people that got all the masking tape out, that you would have made sure you're like, I'm gonna start in this corner. I'm gonna make my way through. There's gonna be some kind of process to what you're doing, you know? Yeah,
0: I mean, I've planned it in my head for a long time. Yeah, sure, yeah.
2: sure, sure. Maureen, talk to me about your process. <laughs>
0: Well, when, Maureen, if you had to paint your house How would you start? I'd get my dad to do it
2: That's what I yeah, would do well, But if there was a process She'd start <laughs> in the middle Go close to the corners Not not really bothered. It's close enough, isn't it? And then not bother with the bottom bit cause She doesn't like to hurt her back So that would I don't be I do have
3: great eyesight So it wouldn't really bother me, would it? No,
2: no, no And also I wouldn't even notice I mean, I'm being Listen, Maureen You and I both know That I would have done exactly the same kind of job Because we are the most slapdash women you'll ever meet <laughs> Chaotic and slapdash. <laughs> yeah, Chloe's slightly different to you oh. on that school. I don't want to bring up domestics because it's you know it's it's actually a little bit sort of what's the word vulgar, but um, I'm going to. Basically, we had an argument where I said um, I clean up every night before the kids go to bed, and she just went. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: she did this thing with her head where she sort of hit, hit her head back as if to go, yeah, right. And I was like, sorry, what was the head thing that you just did? And she went, well, you don't really clear up, do you? And <laughs> I do clear up. She went, well, every time I come down after you've cleared up, I clear up. And I went, no, no, because I've already cleared up. She went, so when you see me clearing up, what do you think I'm doing? And I was like, well, I mean, I just think you're keeping busy. (laughs) She was like, I'm clearing up the things that you blatantly are not clearing up. I I. I genuinely think that I've cleared up and then I don't realize
0: that there's more to clear. Because there's different levels. That is not your fault. There's different levels of clean because- Okay, it's not my fault, is it? No, it's not. And it's also not Chloe's fault. It is nobody's fault. It is realizing where people's levels Mm. are at. But it's kind of her fault. (laughs)
3: And Maureen, you would think I'm tidy, don't you? Yeah. I mean, that's relative to me, so that's a really low standard. There you go. Maureen called my house a show home two weeks ago. Don't think I haven't forgotten that. I felt so good. I haven't said that about Jens, so don't say that to Chloe. She has two children and you see how clean her house is. I know, it's really frightening. Everything's tidy.
2: Yes, and that's down to me, obviously. And I think we've already established that. if she wants to talk about how tidy she is, she needs to get her own podcast, okay? And then she can, do you know what I'm this saying? Is true. <laughs> She's too busy tidying up. <laughs> I, I, I feel like, what, what is this podcast
0: about? D- this week we have no idea. I mean, this. what
2: is it that we're talking about <laughs> It's how clean our homes are. Who are we? We cannot be three women of a particular age talking about housework. We're supposed to be dynamic feminists using our platform to create (laughs) debate or inspirational conversation and it's like how clean is your home right you two go outside have a little think about what you want to talk about come back in and then we'll start this podcast again i think you brought the
3: subject up didn't you Jen? why must you bring up the detail maureen
0: don't judge us we've been forced to living a handmaid's tale it's not our choice
3: maureen how's your week been I went out with a couple of mates for a couple of curries. Have you? Yeah. Where? Local Indian, which is brilliant, because it's like from the 1970s, hasn't really changed. So it's old school. And they know me really well. So whenever I phone up to order my takeaways, which is two chicken biryanis, because I have won the next day and they'd have to pay for them to come around. I go, two chicken biryanis. They always go, oh, hello,
2: Maureen. Okay. You know how we always have a nickname for someone? Well, this, today it's two chicken two biryani chicken Maureen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What was it the other week? It was something like Butterhole. Greasy wine. Fingers. Greasy Fingers. It was Greasy Fingers and you were... Ring oh. Face or something. Ring Face. <laughs> yeah. And I'm still Butterhole. <laughs> Forever she will remain. If this podcast
2: doesn't win some kind of award, I'm going to be livid. Because the kind of subject matter... Well, it might win an award, <laughs> but not the
3: one that we want. <laughs> I'm going to close my internet don't close my internet Maureen <laughs> I'm at my email Maureen switches it off at the wall I haven't put any
2: makeup on oh for fuck's sake Maureen it's a podcast get a grip we might have to push your boundaries out a it okay <laughs> Well, wow, Maureen, I think it's time, isn't it? Because, I mean, we, we've fuck. already started. We've had a few moments already. We've had a few moments already, but I think it's that point in the podcast where it's time for our
3: hashtag be more, be more. Maureen. Um, Yep, I did a classic when I had my comedy chats. And you know, I can never remember what acts I booked for the next show. Yeah, (laughs) I was trying to remember and um, somebody pointed out, one of the viewers pointed out that one of the acts was actually watching the show and she was going, it's me, it's me. (laughs) I'm trying to remember who it was. (laughs) And everyone else in the audience had picked up on that because I'm so busy going, oh, who is it? Who is, I, I didn't notice that she's going, it's me. So she was actually watching. I mean But I couldn't remember that I'd booked her.
0: That's she's pretty excited, I imagine. She's pretty excited.
2: <laughs> <laughs> she's had a huge impact, and that's the most important thing, Warren, is it's to be memorable, isn't it, in someone's mind?
3: Do you know that reminds me once when oh, no, here we go. Jen was come to do five minutes at my club, my Comedy London, and she was sitting there in the in the green room and then I got a call saying that Mercedes Benson, who was headlining, couldn't make it. She'd been in a car crash, it was nothing serious, but she just couldn't make the show. So I'm thinking to myself, who the hell can I get at this late time? to headline the show that's in central London, can get here enough time. And I'm really thinking about it. And Jen is just watching me, aren't you, Jen? I was like, me, Maureen? I'm here in the room. <laughs> I could do it.
2: And Maureen's like, but it went on for ages. She went, well, if you've got so-and-so's number, if you got so-and-so's number. I was
3: like, Maureen, I'm in the actual room with you. because <laughs> I don't want to blow my own trumpet, but I think I could do 20 minutes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, I, and I did didn't I I bloody well did I delivered the goods you did <laughs> by the way you never told us how your week was Jen oh yeah Jen how was your week how was my week well what did I do you know, my week was just a. I mean, I.
0: Ugh. Oh, babe. <laughs> you,
2: you know, I don't. You know when people go, it's really great that lockdown's eased and. Uh, <laughs> my, I, I haven't gone back to work. Nothing's and, changed. Uh, I have no childcare, so nothing has changed for me. I am trapped at home. Um. So you know, I have been filling my days. Uh, thinking about when I can start drinking. But <laughs> I think that's okay. Um, I know a lot of people go, a dependency on alcohol is a negative thing, but I see it as any crutch is a good crutch. Am I right, people? Am I right? Everybody, mm-hmm. are you with me? It's a legal crutch. Get on it. Oh, holy macaroni. You wake up in the morning, I think, God, when can I start drinking? Nine hours till I can have a drink. Woohoo! Five hours till I can have, yeah. Two hours, I'm, uh, I'm on it, you yeah? <laughs> know? So, um, <laughs> but I think I, I, I think that's. Uh, look at Maureen's face. Normal. Look at Maureen's face. I'm giving you
0: normal right now. This is so. what I like it's about. There's complete
2: support from you always, Alison. I appreciate that. You're giving I me. Want people to Yeah. Live their lives. Be happy. Maureen literally zoned out with judgment. There it was. <laughs> 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 what is the show called? Oh, yeah, I've got it. We've been talking bollocks. Yeah. Okay. Is everyone happy with that? We've been watching on television everybody oh i've been watching babylon berlin again tell us a little bit about babylon berlin
3: well it's basically set in berlin weirdly enough what i know uh in the late 1920s so the dying days of the varma republic just before the nazis take power and the main man is a detective giron Rath. he's from cologne he's on a secret reason there's a secret reason why he's in berlin the two leads there's this giron Rath guy and the uh Charlotte Rita is the female who wants, who's, who kind of works, has a sideline as a prostitute. Her family are very poor, but she wants to be the first woman to work in the murder department. You've got the politics in the background of the Nazis. And obviously, everybody thinks the communists are the people to be scared of. And as obviously we all, as a viewer, you know, it's the Nazis are really going to be the problem. So it's a really interesting programme. I, I mean, I've only seen one episode, but the production values are great and I can
2: highly recommend it. I have been watching Succession, Mm-hmm. And I know lots of people have been like, I've seen it, I've done it, I've read, you know, bought the postcard sweetheart. But I watched the first series a while ago and then I didn't get round to watching the second series. And it is just brilliantly written. I just love it. It is... Every single character is absolutely an appalling human being and yet you are totally drawn in and it's also funny i mean just to, if, in case you haven't watched it or you don't know anything about it it's sort of it surrounds the the family of a media mogul and it, you don't have to you know stretch your imagination too far to realize it. it's probably about rupert murdoch and his family or certainly there are parallels and succession is that this old guy is on his way out he kind of knows it and how his children are vying to be the ones to take over when he does eventually bow out or, die or whatever um and it's brilliant what's his name um kieran mcculkin he's in it and he's absolutely fantastic he's so he pitches it perfectly
3: as is brian cox isn't he
2: brian cox is the mogul he's the media mogul and he's fantastic in it as well great actor um scottish actor from dundee from your hometown Maureen. Mm-hmm. yeah so i can really recommend that and also it's written by jesse armstrong and various other very good writers and uh but it's his baby It's kind of reminded me a little bit of Veep and sort of the Armando Iannucci kind of shows, that sort of thing. It's
0: really good. That does sound good. That sounds like, did you ever hear the TV show Empire? Yeah, that was on Netflix for ages. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Empire. It was kind of like a hip-hop R&B artist and the head guy and it was same thing, like... He was the mogul and then, you know, yeah. some people are, who's going to yeah. take it over? What's going to happen? It was all family battles. and It's very interesting. So it sounds very much like that. Is that still on Netflix out of interest? It might be. I think It, it might be. And it has a great soundtrack. Like... But that's my jam, right? That, that music on there was like, whew, great singers, great beats. Yeah, really good. Great. Right.
2: Okay. Alison, this is your Horror Corner. Is it Horror Corner? That doesn't sound right. Horror Corner.
0: No, it doesn't. It sounds like <laughs> some sort of dreadful Dutch yogurt. Well, I love Horror sounds Corner. Sounds like a place you'd find butter holes. <laughs> no. Okay. So uh, my horror recommendation this week, uh, I do believe it is still on Netflix. It is called The Belco Experiment. And if you have not seen it, it is, it's very interesting. It's a little bit about, like, it's an office, and people get trapped in it, and it's like the breakdown, and then you see the human levels, who takes power, the struggle for power. It's kind of like Lord of the Flies meets um, any sort of office film, so meets... Meets um, the office. Meets the office, yeah. Lord of the Flies meets the office. So Piggy and David Brent in the same movie, I mean... Yeah! Oh, David Brent would play a great piggy. So I really enjoyed it. I think it's a, a very interesting concept. There's no ghosts or paranormal or anything. It's There's a bit of blood here and there. There's some guns, trigger warning little bit of gun violence, but, you know, hey, you get that on Saturday morning cartoons now, don't you? Literally. Yeah, and I liked it, too, because a lot of people can relate to uh, people working in an office environment. A lot of people maybe hate where they're working. Or... Oh, my God, for sure. Yeah, so I just thought this is, this is, I think, something that a lot of people can relate to.
2: Is there a scene when someone hides in the toilet? because they hate their job so much that they just hide in the loo because I used to do that and then somebody comes in and a serial killer murders them and they're like this is better than this is better than data entry mate so I'm happy I would rather be dead than do this job
3: absolutely yeah Yeah. do you know what I did when I used to work in an office pretend I was busy I'd walk around with a bit of paper in my hand and just go from floor to floor because if you've got paper in your hand people think you're you're doing something you're taking something somewhere (laughs) well done
2: Oh, my God, boring! I love that, but I... You worked for years. I think I'd catch on quite quickly if I just saw you standing by someone's desk with a piece of paper in your
0: hand going, what <laughs> is boring doing? I'm on, I'm on my way. I'm on my way. She has <laughs> obviously figured out some mad office avoidance of work skills because so far we have heard her talk about walking around doing yeah. nothing. Then she got hired permanently and that's when she started painting her toenails on the job. Oh, and-
3: no, no. I refuse to be hired permanently. Almost every manager in the company asked me to be permanent and I was like, nah. Didn't want to be permanent.
0: Good for you, Maureen. Good for you for being like, I'll take what I want, but I'm not committing to this. I've done that with some jobs. Listen, I'm not having sick pay and I
2: definitely do not want holiday pay. I want a zero hours contract. <laughs> I don't want any job security. Yeah, I, I was
3: there for about nine years, so it's pretty <laughs> secure.
2: So so basically, it's all intents and purposes, you, you had a permanent job. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I know so much about this
2: particular job that Maureen did where she used to just take her bra off in the middle of the office. Yeah, and just but leave you know it on top of her.
3: Okay, screen. Alison, you're with me on this sometimes your bra gets itchy, yeah, doesn't it? Yes, so you just yeah. take it off.
2: Well no But not in the office and hang it on the flipping screen. No. I didn't hang it on the screen, I just put it on the table. So your desk? <laughs> yeah. When you say table, it make it sound like some sort of <laughs> random table it's actually the desk that you work on the table you know yeah or my computer and my thing hi maureen yeah sorry could i just ask whose bra is this oh it's mine <laughs> oh so you're not wearing a bra no it's itchy oh okay it's just an item of clothing <laughs> isn't it yeah of course so, so is my knickers maureen but i'm not going to take those off in the middle of the flipping <laughs> office and go sorry a uh, uh, bit itchy down there so <laughs> bit of thrush I need to I need to give my chap uh, uh, an
0: air. Well, no one ever said anything to well, me. I wouldn't say anything to you, Lauren. I'm t- I'm scared of you. I wouldn't either. I'd be like, this woman's been here for nine years and she puts her bra on the desk all the time. Do not f with her.
2: I think what happened was someone's like, we should have brought this up about eight years ago because now it's weird, isn't it? If we bring it up. <laughs> But you know, you can take your bra off your sleeves so you don't have to go. Do you know what I mean? Just take it oh, out, yeah. out of okay. your dress. Oh, sure, Maureen. I'm so glad to hear that you didn't actually take your dress off. <laughs> <laughs> take your bra off, get your baps out, rest them on the desk, then put your dress back on.
0: <laughs> That's why they kept her around for nine years. <laughs>
3: God love you. I mean... That reminds me Because I was teaching English to this really important vice president of a big Spanish company and it was the first ever lesson. I had a very strappy top and it was really hot. So I went to take my cardi off and I don't know how but my arms went through the straps and my top fell down. Luckily, I had a bra on and he just laughed. and went, I'm going to enjoy these lessons. That was like the first five minutes of meeting him. My top fell down. I always love it when you do that uh, anecdote because
2: like, every time you do an impression of him, it sounds like he's from a different part of the world.
0: <laughs>
3: I am going to enjoy this. <laughs> I am going to enjoy this.
0: I am going to enjoy this. Where is he? I wanted to join in, yeah. yeah, and do an accent, but I can't do any accent, so I was like, oh, you can't do it, Smith. Neither can Maureen, <laughs> and
2: she speaks Spanish. <laughs> I Oh, God. I, f- I feel like this entire show has been one big hashtag, be more Maureen, and that's fine.
0: They all are. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're
0: not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place.
2: Go to Bombas.com slash ACAST and
0: use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's Bombas.com slash ACAST, code
3: ACAST. Go to the gym, get it together, pay.
0: Take my advice. I ain't using it.
2: It's time for my favorite part of the show. No, if it's one.
0: It's time for. Oh, Skeleton! That was an exciting one. So, the problem or the thing brought up to me this week was. How do you go about pursuing your dream job? Which is why the Belco experiment, the horror movie, that's why I was like, oh, they, because you know, I think a lot of people spend their whole life in a place that they do not like the work, but it's security, great. Um, But I just always feel like your job is kind of what you do for most of your life. So if you hate your job, it's tricky. The thing is, when you're in a job and you don't enjoy it, but it gives you financial security. Security,
2: yeah. And we all get to a certain age where you think, well, what am I going to do? I'd hate this. How can I leave this to do the thing that I really want to do and be able to pay the bills and be able to, you know, support myself and my family maybe? It's it's tricky to take that leap, isn't mm-hmm.
0: it? I think it's even trickier. I'm going to take it one step back. I think it's even trickier for people to even know what it is they want to do. And I think that's the real issue at hand. I think a lot of people never really figure out what their thing is. What are they good at? What is their natural uh, ability? What should they be doing? You know, a lot of people, we don't explore that. We think about what we might want to do or what makes sense or what's practical, but I don't think. A lot of us get the opportunity to really pursue what it is we want to do when we're kids we know we like to draw we know we like to do certain things then as adults we stop doing those things that we like to do i i find we drop off so i think also depends on on what type of encouragement you get from the people around you well absolutely you know what i mean the first step is identifying okay well what is it what is the thing a lot of people aren't happy so uh some things that you can think about if you're trying to figure out what the dream job might be like maybe even where you're at is um Lead with what your strengths are. So what are things in life that you know you are good at? Okay, that you're like, this comes pretty easy. This is my strengths. Evaluate your past to kind of look, you know, what are some dead ends? What are things that maybe didn't work for you? And I'm even talking school or, you know, just think about your life on the whole, talk to people, you know, if, if there's somebody that you know, that you feel is very happy in their job, I mean, what led them to, I think it's starting to think about focusing on what it is that you might want to do, or what will make you happy. And then once you kind of get an idea of maybe what you like, Start to then imagine, well, what are jobs that could come off of this? And be realistic. Like, have a think, you know? Like, okay, you always wanted to be a writer. Okay, well, maybe there's something about reading. Maybe there's something in editing. No? Okay. Well, maybe you're just going to end up writing adverts for some... But if you don't start just even thinking about the realm of what might be, you'll never go there. Read a book on this thing. Take a class on this thing. It's not an easy road to pursue things you love. I was very lucky when I was a kid. I found drama, and from 13 years old, I knew all I ever wanted to do was perform in front of people because I was always picked on and very insecure. And in drama class, I made people laugh on stage, and they weren't picking on me anymore because they liked the characters I played on stage. From that moment on, I knew that that's where I was supposed to be. And so I was very lucky. Cause I then targeted my whole life around being in drama or being in performance and everything else kind of fell into place. So I think the key is if you find the thing that is your natural love, you can design your life around it. I've always felt very fortunate. I don't mean to brag, but I feel very fortunate that I found that thing and I never let it go. And I think that's where people, it doesn't matter your age, you got to take a step back and go, well, what is the thing? Think back to when you were younger. Think back to those things. My dad should have been a musician, gave it up as soon as he was out of the army because it wasn't practical. And we used to fight about me being a comedian because he wanted me to be a teacher. And then the first time I flew to, I believe it was Singapore, it really dawned on my dad that I was doing things from stand-up comedy that I never would have done from teaching. And I think in a way he realized that maybe it's something he wished he would have done. Yeah, I mean, sometimes when people give you advice, they're making a projection of something that they wish that they had done.
2: Yeah, Or they're giving you the advice they wish they'd given themselves. Or So, you know, it's, it's tricky. You have to always trust your own gut and trust your own instincts because you can let somebody uh, squash your passion and your ambition. Absolutely.
0: And there is a way sometimes to do it both, there is. It takes a while, but like, look, I was teaching and doing something else at the same time, these things can happen. But if you don't explore that, it it just won't happen. So that's my thing. I guess, again, it's first steps, finding the thing, looking into things, take a course, read a book, surround yourself with that information and that will inspire you to go further in it. Alison, I love it. This is great advice because
2: I'm absolutely sick of stand-up comedy. So this has been brilliant. I've decided I am going to get an administrative position uh, somewhere where I could just relax, take off my bra, you know, something, you know, (laughs) some sort of office job. All I want is a job where I can attempt for nine years, take a bra off, walk around with a piece of paper. I mean, I don't know why I haven't found this job yet, but damn it, I am going to. (laughs) Thanks, Alison. That was brilliant ask alison if you have a problem that you'd like to ask alison to solve then you can you can contact us on our uh, email account which is womentalkingbollocks at gmail.com uh, and in the subject please put hashtag ask alison you don't have to put a hashtag that's actually not necessary <laughs>
0: just by ask alison we'll get it <laughs> if, even if it starts i have a problem Odd star. We'll figure it they'll out. They'll know to send it to me. <laughs> Help me. They'll be like, that's for Alison. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and now it's going to be Maureen's cultural corner. Uh-huh. I haven't started it, Maureen. We- Hello. I'm, I'm going to start that again. Oh. <laughs> Maureen, it's time for Maureen's cultural corner call- in the reds. I've really got to find a way to introduce these things without sounding like I'm a referee in
3: a wrestling this has been suggested by Maureen but Alison and I agree this is a great idea Maureen talk to us well for the cultural section I thought about book clubs because before I joined a book club I used to just read German Austrian writer or if they were written in English somebody had to be dead for at least 50 years before I would touch them and then I wrote a nine-page analysis of an obscure Austrian novel from the 1970s that most Austrians haven't read and I wrote that and I was like you've really got to branch out Maureen the book is called Die große Hitze oder die Rettung Österreich durch den Legationsrat Dr. Tutsi. And if you read it? I, I, it's actually yeah. one of my no. favourites. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that one up, actually, Molly,
2: because <laughs> I've I think you know when you read a book and you go, I loved it so much, you start right back at the beginning
3: again? Um... It's actually a really good book, but it's it's that's why I joined the book club. And I think book clubs are great because they make you read stuff that you would never read before. And normally somebody suggested a book and I'm like... <laughs> like books? No, but <laughs> <laughs> that's where I'm at, gang. You were like, let's do a book club. And I was
0: like, oh, for fuck's sakes, are we... <laughs> I would rather sea swim, I'm not going to lie. But it's a good thing and I want to challenge myself.
3: Uh, Alison, in order to become
2: a good writer, you have to read. The last thing we need to bring up is uh,
0: how we're all failing
2: in our careers because we don't read enough. I mean, I, for one, don't need to be reminded of that. Thank you. It's good, though. Um, But I think the book club is a great idea, Maureen. May I say, I also think that um, I need to read more. I have been doing a lot of audibles because I don't have a great deal of time. That's good. No, no, but also I think starting to have a reason to properly start reading again and once the kids are back at school i mean in 2022 (laughs) uh, kidding hopefully this year then um yeah i'm on it i'm i'm into it i uh, i'm very positive
3: right yes let's so we're thinking of doing a book club with wtb first it's my sister the serial killer and i hope i pronounce her name right i might not yankin braithwaite and it is absolutely fantastic it's a really interesting book about koreda who's a her sister goes around killing all her boyfriends. See, I'm into that. That, that sounds fascinating to me. Alison yeah. <laughs> <See? laughs> and I were immediately like, yeah. You had me at serial killer. I thought I might. Because she feels that she's elder sister, she feels like she's obliged to help her younger sister out. Until the day her younger sister starts dating the man that she's been in love with for years. So who does she wow. save? Her sister or the man she loves because if she saves one she has to sacrifice the other and it's set in Nigeria it's a brilliant read what a wild premise
2: I mean to come up with it's a fantastic premise I love people's brains they're brilliant aren't they somebody said to me isn't it great don't you feel good that you've written a book I don't know if I've mentioned that I think this is a really good time for me to (laughs) mention that I've written a book is that another one for book club Jen at some point well possibly Maureen we could crowbar it in (laughs) let's see how we go um but writing a novel is very different to writing what I've written, which is basically uh, uh, ideas I had in my head about things that actually happened. You know, uh, like writing an actual novel with real
3: characters that aren't you. <laughs> the author says that sometimes people ask her which sister of hers is the serial killer because they think she's, t- she's talking about her own. People can't get their head around the fact that
2: somebody might be able to invent a character. They're like, is that you? It's like, well, he's 68 and he's got no legs, but that is definitely me. Yeah. So yes, okay. it's
0: me. It's me. <laughs>
3: Okay, we're hoping to launch a book club. So if you're interested, email us at womentalkingbollocks at gmail.com and we might have a little spin-off on our hands. Well, Maury, let's be
2: honest. Whether people are interested or not, we're just going to do it because it's the kind of women we are. And we just doggedly just do whatever we want and then hope people just rock up. Yeah, <laughs> Doing it. <laughs> this is my time, isn't it? Right. Well, I tell you what's got my goat. I, and I think this is a generational thing. I think this is a, something to do with my age. But litter. Now, I consider myself to be quite the liberal. Yeah, I feel like I'm one of those annoying lefty liberals. That everyone's like, oh, God, they're,
3: they're,
2: the, they're the real scourge of society. I'm one of those people, right? But when it comes to litter, I become very, very right wing. I find myself like... Ex- Just chasing after people going, excuse me, I don't know if you realise, but you've just chucked a a crisp packet on the floor. You know, you can see people going, oh, go fuck yourself. You know, it just makes me insane. I I literally used to drive me mental, even when I was like a lot younger. I can remember one occasion where somebody threw a Coke can out of their car window, just dropped it in the road can you imagine the horror anyway i remember a friend of mine saying that something like that had happened to her and she'd picked up the coke can and she'd put it back in the window and i was like oh my god i'm gonna do that so i I cycled over and i picked up the coke can and i was like i I, I think you dropped this and i put it in the window i was on my bicycle this bloke looked at me and he went you fucking Ah!" and then proceeded to chase me while i was on my bicycle in his car I was shitting a brick, right? I thought, I'll swerve up onto the pavement because you can't go on the pavement because it's a car. He didn't seem to know that. No. Straight up onto the pavement after me. I was like, I ended up having to, like, literally hurl myself off my bike into somebody's front garden. I didn't know I could command a roll, but I did one. (laughs) Got out of his car. I was like, I said, my grandmother lives there. I didn't know who lived there. I thought, nobody wants to hit a woman in front of their nan's house. And it was absolutely terrifying. But that wasn't my point. My point is, people that drop litter, have a word with yourselves, all right? Because when we were growing up, and and Alison, obviously, you know, you were in Canada, but when I was a kid, there was a campaign, a government campaign that was Keep Britain Tidy, right? Yep. And we all understood... As children, that dropping litter was the equivalent of doing a poo in the street, and we never did it. And now people are just curling them out every which way.
3: It's an absolute horror show. And now I'm with you. I really hate it. I don't tend to say anything to anybody, but it, it annoys me. They'll get a bit of paper and they just throw it on the floor. You think, why don't you just put it in the bin? Oh, I go after them. I'm very
2: passive aggressive these days because I have learnt from the experience of the car. But I, what I tend to do is I sort of wait till I get eye contact with someone and I pick up their rubbish and then walk up and go, I'll do that. Shall I put it in the bin? That worked until, like, a group of lads went, "Yeah, put my rubbish in the bin, you slag," and I was like, "Oh, this is really backfired."
0: Well, not everyone's gonna, you know, respond to. The... I just don't feel like everyone's on board with my passive aggression, Alison. <laughs> Teenage boys, especially not.
2: <laughs> They're like, "Yeah, pick it up, bitch. Yeah, pick up my pick up my rubbish, innit?" And I was like, "Oh, well, you've really disappointed what I was trying to do there. You were supposed to feel." admonished and ashamed. And all that's happened is you've made me look like a right prick. i
0: yeah. was <laughs> like, if I go around your house, am I just going to find bits of litter just lying on the ground? Is that... Do you live in a dustbin? Oh, you don't mind if I just do this then? Yeah. I'll just
2: go around your house and just take a shit on your sofa. Is that all right?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, that's a bit
2: extreme compared to a packet, but you <laughs> Can't really compare it, but... I feel better now, guys. Always feel better after I've got my goat with you. That was a good goat to get this week. Well, guys, I've thoroughly enjoyed this particular episode. I mean, some might say it was meandering, had no real purpose, no real point. Uh, There was a lot of talk about housework, frankly, unnecessary. (laughs) (laughs) Well done, everyone. Always a pleasure. Women talking bollocks.
0: If you enjoyed today's episode, then
2: why not subscribe wherever you get your podcasts? Like us. Leave a
3: wonderful message saying how much you enjoy our dulcet tones, particularly mine. And you can also follow us on Facebook and on Twitter. It's WTB underscore podcast. Leave a nice comment. If you didn't really enjoy the show, then don't leave a comment. Just tell somebody you don't like very much to listen to the next one. And then we all win.